Hello then, everyone, and welcome to this webinar today. I'm Francis Seeley from GlobalNet21 and Enfield Voices. And in this webinar, we're going to look at what is called digital transformation. That is how organizations, and here we're particularly looking at local authorities, use the internet world, the digital world, to communicate better and to improve their services. And we're going to look particularly in the borough where I live, in Enfield. Now, Enfield, I think, is struggling to get their digital transformation right. I think they've, they've taken a long time to do it, and uh, it's happening piecemeal. I think they're beginning to get their act together now. But what I'd like to do in this webinar is look at some of the components that really need to be looked at if you're going to transfer, transform your digital world as effectively as you can. We've got James Hockney with us, who's going to join us later, and he's going to talk about some of the nice or exciting initiatives that he's been involved in as well. But what I wanted to first do is perhaps look at some of the building blocks that you need in order to, to establish a, a, an effective digital world in your local authority. And here we're going to look at an interview of a consultant who talked about those building blocks. Well, let's... Um, Let's look at that video now. So in my experience, there are three challenges for local authorities who are looking to try and make a success of digital transformation. The first is around their organisational culture and making sure that's in the right place, making sure that it's very collaborative to enable the different service lines to work together. The second is around IT and business alignment and making sure that IT is functioning not as a supplier to the business but actually in partnership with the business and driving change working together and the third is around opportunity assessment and identification making sure the organization is aware of technologies and other services that they could use to provide better services to their customers and assessing those to understand how they are best placed to be used within that organization in my experience the best approach for local authority looking to move towards digital is first and foremost to engage with the senior stakeholders and make sure you've got a great relationship in place there because you absolutely need their support once you've got that, we need to very quickly assess the existing IT environment, understand what changes need to be made to make that successful and start engaging really well with the business to help them bring you forward together. Ultimately, your goal is to buy IT a seat at the table so that IT and the business are working really well together, understanding the opportunities around digital and delivering them collaboratively. What we found works well in delivering IT change with local authorities is firstly working in partnership with other advisory services providers, as well as working really collaboratively with the council's senior managers themselves, making sure that they are absolutely part of the process and working together with them to deliver the change. We need to be aware of the constraints uh, within their environment, particularly around the number of services they deliver versus uh, equivalent sized private sector organisations and also being aware of the political environment that they operate in. And we need to make sure that the focus remains on delivering really good services to their customers and that that drives all of the IT decisions that we help them make. So that gave us um, some idea of the sort of building blocks you need. And he talked about, you know, working with other providers, people are doing it, embedding it in every department and having a strategy with a vision. James, you're with us today. I mean, you, you have views, don't you, about how Enfield has used uh, the digital world. 
um, and it's been found wanting in a way, but they're beginning to change on that, aren't they? No, definitely. And one of the very welcome things is they, they actually have got uh, an ICT director um, in place, would you believe, for a number of years they didn't have an ICT director, and that is that is crucial. And it's been very welcome speaking to him. Uh, it's very clear that he's got a plan and a strategy. Um, in the past, they were very heavily reliant um, on, on agency, um, but he's um, employing a, a team, a larger team around him, including um, bringing forward a number of traineeships. So it's not just um, creating jobs, but it's also creating um, uh, jobs for, for youngsters to, to actually be, be trained and, and learn, so it's very welcome. Um, for me, it's been interesting uh, speaking uh, with the ICT team because, um, as you know, Francis, and some of your viewers will know, um, I was originally uh, a councillor in Cambridgeshire before I met my wife and uh, uh, be became part of uh, Londonia. Um, and uh, it's so great uh, to be here. But it's been it's been interesting speaking with the team because uh, back in Cambridgeshire, um, I had the uh, ICT cabinet brief and we uh, went through a process of bringing the concept contact centre back in-house. Uh, we were rolling out um, a new website um, and trying to integrate all those different services, um, whilst at the same time uh, making sure that we were delivering um, IT projects on time and on budget, which wasn't happening previously, uh, but we actually managed to achieve. And it was very interesting watching that video because at the end of the day, first and foremost, is ICT as a tool, and you've got to make sure that it is helping officers deliver for residents and making sure that the council can work more effectively with residents. So it, it's quite yeah. interesting the journey that Enfield's on. It's, it has quite a few parallels from uh, when I was uh, a, a Cambridgeshire uh, councillor because obviously the current website has got a lot of different issues. I mean, I, as a councillor, I get a lot of complaints about the, the website's uh, functionality is not working, but they are bringing forward uh, a new website in a couple of months' time. Okay. Um, so they are on, in short, they, they are on um, a journey and they have put through a new digital strategy which is essential i mean that that that's good to hear because i think a, a lot needs to be done on that um let's look at three areas of digital transformation one in more detail and two in less detail i think there are three areas which are quite important one is called big data the other is communication and the other is engagement now big data um, is really interesting because organizations, whether they're local authorities or government or big businesses, collect a huge amount of data through the various social networks and internet activity on geographical areas and on people. You can find out by analyzing that big data through uh, uh, um, all sorts of internet tools, more about those communities, more about those peoples than if you did a survey, if you did an interview, if you had a public meeting or whatever. And it means you can then place your services more effectively in the areas if you know about that. You have to analyze the data right first, and then you have to um, apply it. I mean, just to give you uh, uh, an example of that, if I just uh, show you. Um, here you've got an example in Leeds where they have um, created an app where frontline workers, when they're going out, can find people who they think are social, socially isolated or lonely. You know, if they pass by a house several times a day and the curtains are shut or something that they notice may be a signal for a problem, they put it into their app. 
And then what that means is that they can then contact that house to make sure the person's all right. But it also goes in a part of, of, of what we're calling big data. So they may be able to find that in a certain area, there's quite a lot of people that way. They need to do something in a neighborhood way. And therefore they can apply their resources and they can apply their efforts in, in that area. Now, I don't know what the plans are in Enfield about using big data in that way. Certainly, it's being used by it's being used by political parties. Obviously, we know about that. We know about Cambridge Analytica. But, um, you know, whether it's being used by Enfield to actually improve their services to identify need, I don't know. So that's one area where they need to look very carefully. The second is communication. Um, I mean, without going into detail on that, Communication is quite bad in Enfield. Their website is not very good. And James has said, thank goodness, they're changing their website. They're getting a new one. And I hope they're, they're following the advice of that consultant and looking at case studies of good practice. Local Government Chronicle, for example, publishes case studies of good practice. And so does the, the Society of Info Technology Management. Uh, they all show local authorities are doing this well who actually put on their website what's happening in their area, how you can find meetings easily, how you can navigate, something you can't do at the moment on the Enfield website. So they have a lot of improvements they need to make on communication if people are going to find out what's going on in their area and how they access uh, the uh, services that are provided. Um, the other example, which I think Enfield is particularly bad at, or the third issue that we want to look at in more detail, is engagement. Enfield is very bad at multilateral, ongoing engagement. Uh, they, if you wanted to um, be consulted by Enfield, it's difficult to know what's happened with your consultation. Very often Enfield consults and then they may go in a different direction. You don't know how, you don't know why, you don't know what the mass of consultation is. You haven't seen uh, what, what, what uh, people have written in or sent in. And they do it in a bilateral way often. For example, with the Task Committee on Climate Change, uh, they consulted with people, but they did it individually. They would write mails to people and respond to them, but you never saw what the mass of those mails are. You never saw what the biggest problem, the biggest issue people felt was, and you could never then engage in an interactive multilateral way. Now, there are some people who do that because there are platforms available for councils to be able to do that. And if you, again, take the advice of that consultant, you would look at some of those platforms. And let's look at one now in America because it will give us some idea of how it might work. Introducing Civil Space, the newest integrated partner of our Civic Plus platform. With Civil Space, citizens can feel more comfortable, provide better quality feedback, and complete engagements at an industry-leading pace of 74% when they are informed throughout an engagement. To build trust and provide your citizens with the big picture on local initiatives, Civil Space offers flexible embedding of contextual content throughout engagement pages. Once citizens find an opportunity to contribute, they'll discover consultations you've put together that include a wide variety of different feedback mechanisms with flexible options. Bringing citizens together to share their viewpoints and collaborate on solutions can yield powerful results thanks to Civil Space's machine learning powered auto moderated discussion and ideation tools. 
use engagements to strengthen feelings of trust by citizens and gain real insight into citizen opinions, enabling you to create policies, projects, and programs that meet their needs. Civil Space and Civic Plus make it easy to create and add assets to project hubs that function as the home base for citizens to discover what's already happened and how they can stay involved in the future with issues that matter. Reporting on aggregated feedback is effortless. Civil Space's dashboard and charting tools offers features like filtering and cross-tabulation to help busy government employees get to insights quicker and close the loop by simplifying the process of reporting back to citizens. The reporting interface allows you to dynamically analyze data so you can quickly understand the impact of local initiatives and make informed collaborative policy choices on behalf of voters to help move your community forward. Civil Space automatically moderates comments to keep engagement constructive. Its built-in toxicity nudging functionality identifies potentially inflammatory comments and encourages contributors to rephrase. As a result, contributors feel their voice is heard and their opinion is valued. When you unite Civil Space with your favorite Civic Plus solutions, you benefit from a citizen engagement and communication tool that fosters trust and transparency. Civil Space works for all types of government organizations and all types of projects. You can easily customize Civil Space to align with your community's brand and meet your project goals. Civil Space helps you lower barriers to broaden participation, improve the quality of feedback, educate citizens, and report back on what you've heard and what's next. Learn more about Civic Plus and Civil Space at civicplus.com. Okay, so that's an example of a platform that could be used. Um, of course, that was an American one, but there are also ones in the UK, for example, this one, Participate, which can be used, and it does very similar things. It does community mapping, it uses apps in order to identify, identify need and so on. Uh, and it's not the only one, there are a number of other uh, uh, programs that you could use and it would so enhance what Enfield does if they use some of these platforms because they can then allow people to interact, engage, consult in an organic, on, organic ongoing way. The other thing I think Enfield is bad at doing is sort of publicizing their meetings. They have committee meetings, cabinet meetings, scrutiny committee meetings and so on. And sometimes finding where they are, it's like uh, finding a needle in a haystack stack on the, their website. They don't publicize it much and it's hidden. And when it's done, it's not, not done very well. But um, although they don't do it, another Enfield does. Um, there is uh, an Enfield in Connecticut in the United States of America, and they use YouTube in order to put up their meetings. And let me show you what that looks like at the moment. Um, this is Enfield Television in Enfield, Connecticut. Uh, they, the thing about YouTube is you can stream live to YouTube. So if you're holding a meeting, scrutiny, cabinet, or whatever, you can stream it live to YouTube. And you can schedule it. So you can see here they schedule their meetings that are coming up and going to be scheduled live. And then they develop a number of playlists. These are called playlists. And um, then you can see recent meetings, town council meetings, board of education meetings, planning uh, and zoning commission meetings and so on. And so you can see all the meetings that are happening and you can see the ones that are coming up as well. And 
they, that's so easy to do. The trouble with local authorities is spent ages talking about it when the solutions are obviously, obviously very simple. For example, we in Global Net 21, we actually have our own um, uh, channel, YouTube channel, just like the one you've seen. And that was so easy to do. You can sort of set it up in 10 minutes and then begin to add material. It's not a difficult job to do at all. So um, I hope that on engagement, they will change in all sorts of different ways to make it easier to pe for people to consult, to engage in a proper way, and to also give easy access to meetings. However, as Enfield are struggling to change their digital transformation, some councillors have actually in Enfield made a difference by doing this themselves, which I think is really, really a valuable thing to do. Um, recently, last week, in fact, three, two councillors and one ex-councillor from three different parties, Conservatives, Labour and Community First, got together to put on a conference on cervical cancer awareness because it was Cervical Cancer Awareness Week, and they got three really good practitioners, one GP and two consultants to talk about cervical cancer. And they gave up a lot of really good information. And now they're going to turn those presentations into small YouTube videos, presentations. So people who want more advice about diagnosis and prevention and so on can find it easily. And, and they will find that really valuable. So. You know, that's an example of councillors taking initiative on their own. And I hope that the Enfield Council will use those videos when they come out and publicise them because they're really important. And they are have been done by councillors and people in the community, and that's important. But of course, there are other things as well. And this is where James comes in. He's probably waiting, wondering when he's coming in. Um, I'm usually not this quiet. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well you're, doing, you're doing very well. J James has done something which is really interesting. He's actually set up a um, digital surgery. And digital surgeries are now taking place because people can't meet face to face. And, you know, James, maybe you could tell us um, how you set up the digital surgery and how people get in touch with you on uh, using a digital surgery with you. No, definitely. And, and just if I could say, Francis, um, the videos that you shared and the ideas that you shared, um, you know, I will be asking the, the, the council to, to, if they're not already, to be, to be looking into those ideas because it's, it's about transparency, but it's also about systems thinking, be ensuring that every single council function is focused around the residents and the user. So I'll be having that, um, that conversation. And I do, um, you know, praise the, the two councillors and former council for, for arranging that conference and working with you and others. I mean, it's, we have a very engaged, very active Enfield community. Uh, and that is just one example um, of the community working as best. And uh, one of the councillors uh, in last year was uh, submitting a motion about uh, cervical cancer and it's actually coming up. At, it's one of the submitted motions at our full council this week. And I, I hope very much that, that that is called because it's obviously an extremely important issue. And obviously the conference has highlighted the importance of the issue. So where I came, at it from uh, Francis is, you know, as councillors, you've always got to be uh, engaged, transparent, uh, and working hard with the with the community. 
Uh, and certainly we were doing um, monthly surgeries at uh, a local coffee shop so that people always have the opportunity to be, uh, they can obviously contact us anyway by email and telephone, um, but that they could always have a set time where they could uh, come and, and see us. Obviously with COVID, um, that, that stopped down. And one of the things um, at the, when this started was, we didn't know all the different impacts that could be potentially happening on people, but this was obviously, um, you know, one of the most significant um, significant issues that has, you know, hit our society in, you know, in, in living memory. So um, we wanted to be doing our, our part in some small way to be helping residents. So we knew we couldn't do the in-person surgery. So um, we looked at the, the options and we decided to do telephone surgeries and we've been doing them fortnightly. Um, and we've actually ca carried on doing them uh, fortnightly and because it's important that you're, you're there for, um, for, there for uh, residents. And it's, um, I was actually in a panelist for a councillors conference um, online. We had over 100 people attending and my specific role was to be talking about this. And it was so nice to hear that um, other councillors from across the country have seen what we were doing uh, and have been uh, replicating it, but replicating it in, in their own way. Some are doing telephone surgeries, some are doing a split between telephone um, and MS teams, some are doing bookable. We, we, we don't do bookable, people just call, but for each community is different, each council has different um, focus, but it's making sure that you are there. How, uh, how, the how do you, I mean, when people come on to a surgery, very often they may have confidential issues. And if you use them, you know, Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever, they all come on together. How do you make sure it's just you and the person and the other people aren't listening? Do you use a waiting room? So to be clear, we're, we're doing telephone surgeries. So it's people are coming through uh, directly to us. I do know that... Um, uh, other people are doing whether doing bookable sessions so it's it's instead of telephone it's online on teams but just just for them um we haven't gone down that route because obviously um not everyone is is on the internet not everyone is uh, you know is comfortable going on ms teams uh, face to face uh, might not have the technology um so for us it's making sure that um, we're giving every opportunity for as many people as possible to have not being disenfranchised but can but most people have a telephone so they can come uh you know through through to us so the the other thing that obviously we as councillors do and it varies it's, it can be uh three or four times a year is the ward forums um which is usually um held in a in a um hall um and that's for us as councillors to give updates on what we've been working on take questions from residents and usually have some speakers along typically um for instance the most recent one was the police um and uh Enfield health watch um, so we've obviously done one this month. Um, we had a good turnout of uh, people and it worked extremely well because we tried to make make sure it was in much as parallel as normal world forums um, as possible. And uh, we, we had a good turnout and it was um, it was very well received. So it's doing what you can to, to be um, engaged with the community. I mean, one of the things I've been doing as well is obviously we're allowed to, in lockdown to go out for walk, but um, if I go out for my walk and I spot some issues, I've been spotting uh, issues with uh, pavement faults, fly tipping, um, uh, dog mess, 
um, and I've been, you know, reporting them. And so it's it's trying to do everything that you, you can be to be being engaged and being transparent um, you, and, and you, trying your best to deliver. You actually sent in a, a little graphic, didn't you, about um, the sort of issues that come up. Do you want to say anything about that? So, yeah, so what... Um, what I've seen through, and again, this is a this is another element of um, uh, transparency. Um, I noticed that there was a few um, MPs that were giving a breakdown of their their casework. So, going back to what you were saying at the beginning about sort of uh, you know big data and transparency, um, I felt it was very important to give uh, residents a clear picture of you know what they are, uh, what residents are actually um, raising uh, with us and certainly um, quite consistently the, the, the top two issues um, have been uh, road safety and litter but during um, COVID um, we've actually found that there's been a, a wider range um, not only has the casework increased um, but we're seeing that there's a wider range um, of issues that, uh, that are being um, put forward to us. Now um, there is obviously the question is that impacts of COVID, yes, for instance, um, we obviously people, more people at home, the, the councils have reduced the bin collections and appointment only um, at Barrow Green, and residents feel that that's increased fly tipping and, and litter problems. So we've seen the casework um, increase and a broader range of issues now. Those broader range of issues, is it because of COVID um, or, or is it because we're being very engaged and transparent in terms of doing all this online en engagement? It, it's, enfranchising people to to feel um more engaged and coming forward and, and mentioning those issues but it's probably a combination um of both but it, it's certainly been um a, a very busy time to to have not only uh casework has uh, been increasing um but there's been a wider range of issues being being raised and um certainly as a councillor you, you have to be there um I mean I found over um Christmas usually Christmas as a councillor casework tends to slow down but um this year um it, it was like any other week so the only days I wasn't actually answering um emails as a council was actually Christmas day and boxing day every other day even New Year's Eve um I, I was answering um uh, emails and you know that was that was very much appreciated by yeah. residents because you, yes. you've got to you've got to be on call at the end of the day as a councillor. Shame on you! You took off Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Oh, humbug! <laughs> yeah, but but listen, I mean, you talked about surgeries and wards. Let's get those clear. Surgeries are where individuals come to you because they have issues, problems, and so on. And wards are where you invite people from your ward collectively to come together. I mean, before COVID, they came in a room. You, all the three councillors of the ward were there, maybe a guest speaker, and they talked, and you're now doing that online. One of the problems is when you do it online and you advertise it, anyone can come, so you don't know whether they're in your ward or not. Is that a problem for you? And in fact, how many people do you get coming to those meetings? That's a, that's a brilliant que uh, question, uh, Francis, and um, we've been certainly speaking to, to some of the other wards, uh, Range, Town, Highlands, um, I've done ward forums, I know uh, Southgate Green, they've just done one, I think, um, and there's, there's other wards that, that are doing them. So I think one of the important things will be across the piece will be to, to actually not just be sitting in our silos, uh, but speaking to each other and finding out, you know, best practice and what works, what doesn't, what can what what can be done better. And obviously, we've done our first one. Certainly, there's a number of things that um, 
it went well, but there's certainly the different things that we're looking at to, to be improving uh, for, for future ones. Um, so ward forms in person and online vary. So in terms of our experience and speaking to some of the other ward forms that are taking place, it's usually about 15 to 30 people um, are, are attending. Um, one of the things I'd love to do is look at different ways that we can we can increase that. So we're going to keep working on that because the more people that, uh, that attend, the better, because obviously you get a broader cross record cross-section uh, of views um, you know uh, you know and, and opinions so that's that's definitely something that we're uh, we're working on but yeah, we're I, mean, I think for the rest of the year we're going to be we're you know we're probably going to be doing this for the, the, the rest of the year I would imagine yeah I mean COVID has made you know people think of new ways of doing things and one councillor is even thinking I gather in terms of ward forums of having a hybrid model so when COVID's over, people come in, but they have a screen up and people can also come in via Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever they use. And um, no one's done that before, as far as I know, but having that hybrid in the model then sort of takes that board forum out to a lot more people. I mean, when, you, when you're doing these things, like the board forum, like the surgeries, do you get any help from Enfield Council or do you have to do this on your own? That's uh, that's uh, that's a, uh, a really good question, uh, Francis. I mean, certainly, um, we have our our, our councillor role in terms of going to, to committees, and obviously as an opposition member, holding the administration to account. Um, and then you you have you know your ward uh, commitments because your first duty is being there to, to represent uh, your residents and, and advocating um, on their uh, their behalf. So the surgeries have always been. Um, very much something that you do as a councillor. Um, I think the, the interesting question comes with ward forums. Again, it's the uh, the three councillors in the ward uh, arrange it. Obviously, the council will, will book the hall, but you take care of the arrangements. I think the, the interesting element that comes in with, with online is we have managed to do it, and obviously other wards are, uh, but the council isn't providing resource to, to assist with that. Are they, and also, are they providing training, for example? Not, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, they have given uh, some advice um, sort of around uh, data protection issues and security issues, which is obviously very important and very helpful. And, you know, in terms of your question earlier, so, you know, so far so good, but, you know, you have to at the end of the day, it has to be an element of, of trust in terms of, of people tending walls from. So I haven't heard of any issues yet. Um, and that's certainly uh, that, that's certainly something that's very welcome. I think the interesting question comes in, Francis, as you say, um, in terms of doing um, hybrid events, because um, I could see that, you know, after we're through the pandemic, you know, is this an opportunity for uh, to be enfranchising people because there might be people that won't might not feel comfortable coming in person to a ward forum and there might be people that have disabilities or mobility issues or anxiety issues um, which means that they don't feel comfortable coming to uh, to, uh, to to be able to attend or, or speak in person so I, I think there's a, there's a real opportunity I mean I'm on um, um, I'm on a disability board and um, it's been, we've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings and what it's done is it's enfranchised people that, you know, from all over the country that, you know, wouldn't have been able to, to travel to, to London for differing reasons, um, have actually been able to attend those meetings and, and, and engage. So I think there is a real opportunity here, but the, yes, the, the question will be, um, if you're doing hybrid, um, you know, whether the councils can deploy councillors 
can deploy that or whether they need uh, additional support. And I think that's that's a very good point. That's certainly a question I'll be asking the uh, the, the council because um, you know two three councillors. You know, it's the war forms are very busy, um, and that additional support would certainly be helpful. One of the problems with ward forums, uh, from what I've seen, is it very often the usual suspects turn up. Um, using a hybrid model, mm -hmm. so you've got a digital means, enables you really to extend it out, doesn't it? But you have to think beyond um, Microsoft Teams and Zoom and Facebook, because you know we work in Info Climate Action Forum with a lot of young people now, and they won't have anything to do with some of those. It's Instagram, that's where they want to go. So in a way, you need to have a strategy, don't you, that looks at different cohorts of, of, of age and find ways of using different means as well. No, no, definitely. And then, as you know, Francis, I'm very active on, um, you know, Facebook and we've got some amazing uh, Facebook platforms and we're on Twitter. But I know some councillors, I'm not on, I'm not uh, on Instagram, but I know uh, a number of councillors are. And uh, I had one instance that um, one councillor felt that um, that that engagement, you know, led to them them seeing, you know, increased uh, support at, uh, at an election. So I think it, it's very, you know, I think you need to be trying to look at different technologies. But I think within all this, each council needs to make a, a judgment in terms of what is the most effective route to, to be engaging and reaching people. And yes, um, I think it's going to be, as, as we said, post COVID, you know, how do we operate? Do we do hybrid meetings? How do we operate hybrid meetings? What is the, the best way to, to, to maximize um, you know that opportunity um, going forward so certainly any of your viewers in terms of how the, the council consults or how we operate as councils at the local level I'm always more than uh, happy to, to listen to to ideas because you know as a councillor um, it, it's very important for me um, in, in terms of these ward forums to be speaking about um, what we're doing as councillors but also hearing how residents feel that's going and getting the feedback. Um, so the more people and the broader range of people that, that attend um, is only a good thing. So I'm all ears in terms of, you know, increasing that, uh, that participation and broadening it out. Okay. So, I mean, we're sort of getting close to the, um, the end of the interview. Not crikey, are we? No, yeah, I know it's like it's only started. That's what right, happens when you start letting me talk. Yeah, I know. But, but... <laughs> Yeah, but but I mean, you're obviously really, really keen on the digital world and using it. You 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 know what hybrid is. You 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 have surgeries and you look. You have world forums online. Are you excited about the way the digital revolution can really benefit local government in the future? And are you confident that Enfield will come on board? I think the the, the proof in the pudding um, is certainly the, the the eating, Francis, and you know. I think it's extremely welcome that the council has now got an ICT uh, director and certainly um, in my, my conversations with him and certainly the, the journey I went on as a, a Cambridgeshire cabinet member in terms of the digital journey and what's being put in place um, and the strategy um, certainly uh, is good to hear. Um, obviously, we'll see how that, that progresses, but I, I believe that there is a plan and a strategy in place. And certainly, um, I know that they've been working very hard, you know, in terms of aligning um, the website for, by both ICT function and, and customer service function, because you've got to have those two um, elements um, married up. So 
Uh, I think once the new website comes in the coming months, that is definitely um, going to be a, a you know a big step um, forward. But it's been fascinating to hear um, about the examples of engagement in, in America and also the participate with technology. And I'll certainly be asking those questions of how to, and the key question, as you mentioned earlier, was embedding. It's got to be embedded. You've got to live and breathe. It's got to be embedded at every level um, in in an authority. So. I'll certainly be ask, answer, asking those questions and certainly if anyone's got any ideas, um, I can always put them forward. Can't always guarantee they'll be taken on board, but I'll certainly as a councillor, I'm more than happy to put that forward to the administration um, and the senior officers. Okay, well, thank you very much for telling us about what you're doing and for, and for taking this forward. And I'm sure councillors from all parties will do it because it's a cross-party issue. It's in the interest of everyone to communicate, to engage, to get better services through whatever means like uh, big data. And I hope you get your new ICT, ICT director to look at this webinar as well. Um, whether it will, do. I don't know, but, but ask him to look at it. Um, but anyhow, thank you for doing it because I think this is interesting because everyone is in a way experimenting struggling with the digital world and they're not always going to get it right and and you know it's it, it's an ongoing process of change and and uh, and reform um so hopefully when Enfield gets a new website and things move we can see things changing quite considerably and i hope they will so thanks james for joining us today i mean you you, you are doing some interesting experimental things as others are and that's really important so thanks very much and we'll, Thank you, uh, and we'll end this interview now.